0: the book situation yeah i have a couple of ideas i have a couple of ideas um one i've written the first draft of a novel and uh, that may never see the light of day but i wanted to get it down had to get it down see where it landed i may never ever do anything with it
1: welcome to social fabric in this program we'll bring you conversations with people discussing their passion and the interaction with their community we explore our different jobs careers or achievements can inspire us to make small changes to improve our lives within our own community. You can find more episodes on socialfabric.ie or wherever you get your podcast. The program is also broadcast weekly on Dublin's Near FM 90.3. I had some technical difficulties with some of the podcasts I was hoping to have out this week, but uh, in the meantime, just a medley of wonderful writers, some of the writers that have been on the podcast. They are Tara Fleen, Linda Allen, Fiona Brennan, Abby Wien, Kate Gunn, and Ruth Fitzmaurice. Hope you enjoy it. Can I call you up, O oh Alice,
2: on a Friday night? We could reminisce on all day. Been so long now since I've seen you, it's nearly ten years gone. Heard in April that you passed through, why didn't you call? Don't I deserve a call? This ain't no love song, baby, All sad farewell.
0: How did the books do for you? Is it they, they do. I mean, that's—it's
1: hard I, to know these days. That's day, a million-dollar
0: million question. I mean, how did they do? I had I had books published. That for me is big tick. Mm-hmm. Um, they sold pretty well. Okay. Tick. Only selling well in Ireland doesn't mean there's any real financial mm-hmm. gain. You you get what you get for writing it, and that's brilliant. It's just brilliant to be paid at all for mm-hmm. for your work, um, especially these days. Uh, but. People make assumptions when there's a book on the shelf. I've actually done this in in my own uh, podcast. I've, I've done a whole episode about this: the assumptions people make when what they about what they see as success. They see you on telly doing an interview. And they go, "Oh, rich!" And you go, "Oh God, I got the I got the air coach here. Mm. You know, I got the air coach down to Cork and doing the Today Show, and um, I had to borrow you know I to borrow mm. the the dress or whatever. You know, and it's like. So people have assumptions of what success is. How did the books do? People read them. And I always encourage people, if they can't afford to buy them, please read them in the library because I, I wrote them to be read. I wrote them to mm. give people a laugh and a bit of a lift. Yeah. And so to me, like the first one's out of print already. Uh, so definitely get that one in the library. Um, it's also available as an e-book, which is very, very cheap. So I'm not going to make money out of that, but I would love people to read it. Mm. So to me, if people write to me and say that really did give me a lift or that made me think or I shared that with my friend and sent it on to her. That for me is like, it sounds like, oh, they didn't do well and I'm, I'm overcompensating. But that's not what I mean. Honestly, I write them to be read. And if they're read, I feel great.
1: No, and the reason I was asking, it wasn't because of the financial, because again, everything is moving to ebooks You mentioned ebooks and audiobooks, And it seemed to be diluting more and more the industry. There's less and less gain. Actually, books are back. I know books are back know people books are, are, are moving for me readers
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah it's interesting it. times it is interesting times <laughs> but it, it
1: just it seemed to be an o- with everything seemed to be an overload of yeah. everything so um, I was just curious how the industry is at the moment it was well, and it, but it, I'm uh, brand new
0: to the industry so yeah. I couldn't really analyse it like that I do know that I've been, I've just been really lucky that both times it was something a publisher wanted. Okay. Um, so but both times I've had two different publishers now I'm very, very lucky to have them um, and Rage In is with Mercier Press at the moment and they're, you know, it's always lovely to have that support because, you know, people who self-publish, it's an incredible thing to do and it's something I would do if there was a book that what didn't pique someone's interest. I um, would definitely do that because again, to me, it's getting it out there is the main thing yeah. uh, but, The placement in bookshops and the the visibility and, you know, the the PR machine, that is all taken care of by a publisher, if you have a publisher. And when you're already overloaded with other stuff, that's such a really very cool perk. So, yeah, self-publishing is, it's an industry. It's a massive industry now. It's so much hard work. I have such great admiration for people who self-publish.
1: I tell me something um, is there any more books in the making are you working on anything yeah
0: I'm always working on, on loads of ideas so um, it's which one will pop up next the podcast that I'm doing is taking up some of my writing time at the moment but I'm really enjoying it and it's a it's a medium I'm absolutely loving as an outlet for creativity plus venting plus a bit of comedy you know all of the things I enjoy plus chatting to people which I love mm. um, but the book situation, yeah. I have a couple of ideas. I have a couple of ideas. Um, one I've written the first draft of a novel, and uh, that may never see the light of day. But I wanted to get it down, had to get it down, see where it landed. I may never ever do anything with it. Um, I have other ideas, I have loads of other ideas.
1: And are you quite um regimental do you sit down and yeah. write every day
0: yeah i do i do okay. I, actually i've only just started again because after it's gonna keep coming up regardless of what i do the, the last few years have been you know repeal sure. and the you know repeal the campaign to repeal the Fifth Amendment has been everything it's just taken over everything but post repeal i i couldn't even read let alone write sure. the last few months of the campaign were so brutal i couldn't yeah, I couldn't even... I couldn't. And my whole thing is writing every day. If you don't write every... Even if it's nonsense that you delete, you write every day and you okay. just keep that muscle... Keep
1: the muscle going. going yeah. Okay. Uh, Granddaddy, AM 180.
0: This is a song.
1: I didn't know this song at all.
0: Mm, it's a great song. It's been in a few... Um, sound, it's been in a few soundtracks and stuff. This is a song. It's another California band called Granddaddy. And... Um, uh friend of mine I've just gone through a very bad breakup and I said I need some new music and I need something that's gonna just take me out of my rut gonna make me feel a bit better and he said listen to this song this is gonna cheer you up and it's such a lovely thing about you know friendship and you know is it romantic love is it friendship but either way it's just such a lovely happy song with uh, with a great driving beat Can't say fairer than that. Uh, Listen to it in the car if you have a car. Or on a fast bus. (laughs) Okay. The (laughs) cork. Yeah.
1: So we come to your book because um, you mentioned earlier on "See You in Two Minutes, Ma," and that became the title of your book. Um, which, when I went to research a little bit about you, I just read that. That was enough for me to to formulate my own story as a father in my head, and what 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 that must I can't even think of what it must be like. But it's it's an amazing title. It really just drags you in even before starting the book. Um, so when you now you published the author, which is great in, in terms of you decided that was was the right thing to do to put it out there and let other people know your experience, your journey, and why. So, how long did it take you to write, and why? And why? Like I know you say you do journaling; you always done journaling, which obviously helps putting thoughts into. Just give me a bit of an idea on the process. How long did it take you, and how?
3: Um yeah, and i it wasn't I didn't plan it in in that it might have been related to the the theme of the last song in a way um i journaling was actually my saviour but it took me ages to journal after he died, so when I started to write again, um I was so flooded with emotion, as you can imagine, but there was just one night I sat up and i was i i started to really write differently, I felt it was a bit differently. And i-i said to myself, "God, you know it's a bit tragic in a way, but it would make a good chapter title see you in two minutes, ma' And I started to write underneath that, and I knew it felt different, and I knew it it just seemed to flow, and what I really started to do, I started to do that as a piece of kind of cathartic just clearing because it is something I've used as a tool. Um, but it started to grow and I started to be really writing in this sort of different way um, more and more. So I think it possibly, it started to take a life of its own. And I said it to somebody, a colleague in work, and she said, would you let me have a look at it? You know what you're right because she's very she's actually very creative in writing herself and she had a look at it and she said it's moving really fast and you language emotion in a way that i haven't come across you know a lot so i said okay i'll keep going so i just kept going um and then my brother introduced me to a man who um has a very different if you like model in terms of he's he's really academic and he i'm very emotive But he really understood what I was writing about in a way that was just incredible. And he made it his mission to make sure I got that book out and published. And he really did. He was kind of the underneath, if you like, the the, the furnace. He kept the furnace alight. He kept saying, "This, this is important. This is not just for you. This is not just your healing. So the more I wrote, the more it felt purposeful. And the more i wanted people to know what i found interesting was we all feel emotions but some of us don't even know how to put words on them we didn't learn in my generation now we're much better with children and saying oh you're angry okay well let's you know let 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 have that anger so what i was able to do was, was was speak about it and then because i had such a good cohort of friends and they sent me away. They gathered money and I went away for six weeks to Thailand on my own. And that was an extraordinary experience. And so the book gets kind of interesting then because I'm off somewhere else and all of my goalposts have changed. Nothing is familiar anymore. And I'm, I'm an older woman that has no responsibility having had, you know, the couple of jobs, the kids, the mortgage, the whole lot going on. And it's just such a contrast that people kind of enjoyed it. And it's almost like it gives a refreshing, um, a refreshment to the, the heavy emotion that starts off with. So, and the thing that I think is most important about it of, of all, Andres, is that it says that even when the worst stuff happens, that you can turn yourself around. You can, I only can take charge of me in it. I can't change what happened, even though I've had many's a tantrum and shouting and screaming at everybody and nobody. And, but I can really change me and 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 that means i have to stay you know live a full life remember how to be happy smile laugh all of those things notice the flower stand with your back against a tree mm. all of that was part of my healing and it almost is that's in there
1: mm. that's that's very interesting and and obviously i never met you before um but it comes across that inner peace it comes across talking to you now um and but I'm curious, are you, did you find out more about yourself by writing? Did you discover parts of you that you didn't know existed in the through the process?
3: Uh, yes, I think, yeah, I think it's nearly impossible not to when you write, do you know. And, and I think, in fact, that's been part of the interesting um, piece for me around journaling. It's somehow when you put it out on paper, it just seems to take a different kind of a, a vibe from it in fact i think they say it brings you into your logical mind so that it's it's not so emotive even though when i was writing the book it is it's, it's very emotional it. um but I, I guess i discovered a part of me that is it, it, it's like i got to see the world through my own lens in a way that you you wouldn't before it's almost like a an introspection mm. on a very deep level um and particularly because i'm writing about something that's real and i find it interesting because I sort of left the the reading novels thing. I'm coming back to it now for quite a long time because I started to get much more interested in real stories or people's stories, Um, and that's just as a reader before I ever thought about writing a book. So there's something about me that really wants to know and is curious about how we operate as people and how our environment impacts on us and how we you know, how can we best serve ourselves? I've had that from a young age. Mm. So. This just showed me that I really do have that at a very deep level, because that's what this book, you know, is really a a complete and utter investigation,
1: yeah. you know. No, I am looking forward to reading it. You're very grateful you brought a copy with you um, and delights it, but do you think you have another book in you?
3: Yeah, I've started okay. no, that's good. <laughs> and the, the, the feeling the the essence of the, the next one is really about this kind of thing I was re- re- referring to earlier, is that, you know, we really have something in us that we really matter in the world. If we really knew how much we mattered in the world, we'd worry less about so much of the superfluous stuff we worry about and that we have an impact on every single person we meet, even the people on the street that we don't even know. The amount of people that Dara had known or smiled at or said hi to or spoke to in school that came to me or parents who said, God, your son impacted on me. It's incredible the impact we make on our society. And we don't always know. And so the the essence of this one is really about how do you get in touch with that part of yourself that is already perfect? Yeah. So that's
1: interesting looking forward to it when it comes out mm-hmm. and then you have one of my favorite songs of all time uh, pink floyd time,
3: time. That, that that there's a lot of pink floyd in my in my early days and it was hard to pick one um but i love that the the, the uh, idea of we're so busy kicking around on a piece of home ground and next thing you know time is moving so fast and it's so It's it it kind of slips away from us and it feels long and short and we don't realize half the time. And nowadays, even more, I think that song is even better because we really do need to just take a moment. And we don't we don't take any moments. And so I love the idea that it's important But we only get the realisation it's important when we've lost a lot of it. So you come into your middle or later life and you go, oh my good Lord, what just happened? And what was I doing? So um, they have so many songs with such great messages and I felt that that was a really particularly good one.
4: Real
1: books, Real books, yeah. 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 So tell me have, what, what's the title for first of all and what, it, what, what is it
4: all yeah. about? Uh, the Positive Habit, so it's the same as my online program and it's a really, I can say I am proud of it because it's like a baby, you put so much work into it and you learn a lot about yourself when you write a book. You learn about uh, self-doubt, you learn about uh, putting yourself out of your comfort zone um, You know, yeah, it brings up a lot of different things, Um, but it's a really practical book, I believe in, you know, like there's, as we were saying, there's a lot of mental health awareness now that there wasn't, but it's awareness is just one thing. It's like, what do you do with that awareness? So we need to, to to, have something really tangible, really practical. So the book is, it's kind of like a manual for the mind that it gives you step by step by step. Okay, how am I going to go from here, from A to B? And it includes uh, hypnotherapy, audio, which is integral to it. It's uh, self-evaluated. So you're constantly sort of looking at, where am I now? Uh, you know, there's quizzes that kind of question uh, different parts of what you need to work on you know so it's it's kind of like a, a discovery a self uh, dis- you know self-discovery uh, process that you go through but in a very highly structured way and um, and very practical um, yeah so I I'm kind of that's 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 my ethos I think that there's two sides of it it's got to be you've got to explore it on a psychological level you've got to understand it more but you've also got to be really gives give people something they can hold on to because if you're really struggling with anxiety and stress you know that is so overwhelming that you all you want is, is for someone to say here you go now if you follow this and the truth is if you do you're going to you're going to see a great progress. You're going to see you know uh, you're going to start to feel better, but it's giving people that that structure. They need that at that time in their lives. I think.
1: i have always been skeptical of self-help books, right? Okay, ready. Bring it on, no, and i No, tell you why. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Say, um, because I find you, you can tell people. Majority of people can tell them. Look yeah it's a beautiful sunny day. get out for a walk on the beach, have a nice you know breathe through your lungs, you know make sure you have you know all those things that are very easy to do yeah um, and you will feel better yeah and uh,
4: you always do yeah you always
1: do, or have a tablet and you will feel better you know the the options always I'll take the tablet because it's easy know mm. and the self help books I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. like there's a lot of books sold yeah. one of the highest uh, huge industry yeah. industry yeah, I wonder how many people would actually
2: mm.
1: actually read them as yeah. opposed to then come back to you and what, do people need a guru? Do people need somebody to lead them along? and, 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 yeah. and, and, and
4: it's a good with, question
1: with the mental health issues or anxiety I know it's not easy, like I know for mm-hmm. a fact it's not easy and mm. uh, and I'm, I'm assuming that being able to sit here with you for an hour, it's a lot easier than leafing through mm. the books. And, and mm. I'm sure the, the positive habits are fairly straightforward if you follow them, as you say. But I'm just wondering, I'm just mm. wondering what, how...
4: Yeah, and and that's it's it's a good question because I think that it's how you view mental health in terms of that it's it's something that's continually sort of being looked after like your physical health okay so you you don't get physically strong and say now i'm done i'm finished i'm fit as a fiddle and i'm gonna sit on my sofa so mental health is like that so there's not like there's one thing there's one answer out there it's a continual journey and the more mentally fit you become the more you progress up so it's like positivity is a spiral that continues upwards as much as negativity is one that goes down Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to say, like, the book is called The Positive Habit. But for me, the most positive thing we can do is have the courage to sit with negative emotions.
2: Okay.
4: So it's not about this kind of, you know, Pollyanna type thinking of, of of looking at everything uh, through rose-tinted glasses. It's about really embracing and understanding those negative emotions. Okay. Um in terms of the like your question there about self help in general i would say that self help books have done significant more good than they have
1: well, I, yeah. I i totally agree and i, I probably yeah. didn't explain myself right I, I i agree and i do believe yeah. it um, and i have bought some books in the past and I, and i thought they were fantastic and i yeah. passed them on to people mm. and and they were like ah, no, you know i just uh, I think I'll take the tablet, you know. And I say, well, you know, it's a book. Read it. Yeah. You know, it might take you a couple of days to read it. You might feel better. You might f- discover something. So I, I, I do believe yeah. it's a great idea. Yeah. It's a great positive. It may bring people in here, may bring people to talk more with their friends or whatever it may be, you know. So yeah. I, I yeah. just, I'm always curious that uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of self-help books and uh, and how people...
4: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean in terms of, and that's why I think what I've tried to do with this book is like, I don't, you know, if it was a tablet, it's giving you that same sense of that you've got something to hold on to, because I think that's why people look for medication, is that it gives them the sense of, 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 of now I'm doing something, Um, quite often it can be a placebo, and hypnotherapy is the most honest placebo you're ever going to get. Because it's telling you this is your mind. I'm not. It's not no. pretending anything. No. It's saying this is your mind, and when you learn how to manage and use it, that's what's going to help you make, make you feel better.
1: Something, how long did it take yeah. you to write it?
4: It was actually um, quite an intense period of about five, maybe maximum six months. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it, it all moved quite quickly in terms of when I... Um, sort of got the, the publishing deal with Gil then it was like okay this is your deadline and I think deadline is we need to we, we need a new word for deadline because deadline is just such a like it's like debt you know it's <laughs> such a strong and you know all this thing looming over you but really like a deadline is not a negative thing it's actually this is your completion date or your you know the, this is just another way we need to phrase that I think and um, but yeah it was like it's, it's almost like you, you sort of Anyone, I'm sure, who's, who's written a book will know or, or understand or even a pieces or, you know, any big thing that you, you need to, to produce that life is still going on. So you've still got all... I had all my clients, I had my family, you know. So all of that is still there. But now there's this extra thing. Um, so that's the, the management of that. You know, so I got up early every morning. You know, I get up at least an hour, an hour and a half early and, and that's when I work at my best is, is the morning. Um, yeah. yeah,
1: Whitney Houston... <laughs> one moment in time Poor oh god
4: this is where it gets a bit corny yeah go on <laughs> uh, yeah again you see my friends would have always slagged me for my musical taste um, but there's Whitney Houston I mean I don't know if you saw her documentary And I have yeah, yeah it's quite sad it's really sad um, and it's, it's yeah it's really sad because she, she you could see how much she kind of understood about herself and, and life and everything and how just how it all went. It could it could you could see how it could easily have gone the other way, do you know? Um with different circumstances. But that song I think that we all need one moment in life where we're more than we thought we could be <laughs> without being too corny. But there, there's something in that, you know? Okay. To to the best that you can be, you know. Each
2: day I live I want to a day keep the best am only one but <laughs> to started but you
1: have a you have a number of them out there uh, already and one of them caught my eye you have uh, if, I'm, if i'm right you have two volumes uh they're called one day at a time diary
5: yes and the, the, I've, I've just finished the next one for the year 2020 which is going to be out in november so There's 2018 2019 and now there's t- there's 2020 is coming up so i'm hoping that this will be something that we can do every year because it's just i know many people carry it around with them and, and use it as a great support. It's a healing diary. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's not an appointment diary. And it's, it's almost a journal, but it's a journal with themes. So I explain what healing is. I explain how to use the diary. And then each month has a theme for the month. So you can stop putting pressure on yourself to have to get, you know, I have to do this and I have to say, no, I'm just going to let the, the diary carry me through the year. And at the beginning of the month, there's an invocation where you read the words I've written if you believe in them. And, and I say in the beginning, you know, if this doesn't sit well with you, change it to your own words, but do something. So let's say for love, this month I'm going to focus on love, this month I'm going to call more love into my life, I'm going to open my heart to love and everything I look will be love. And then, you know, and there's an exercise that you can do to release the barriers around feeling love and then every couple of days there's an affirmation Now, for me, an affirmation is medicine. It's it's an anti an antioxidant. There's so many toxins out there. It's the medicine to heal from the toxins of the world. So again, if you just talk, if you just say it, it's just a bunch of words. So you have to put the emotion behind it. You have to believe it. You have to know that it's. You have to know it, and be in alignment with it. And I explain all of that in the diary. So the idea is. That you get carried on a wave of love through the, the month of love into the next month, which could be faith and trust into the next month, which could be gratitude into the next month. So for the first two years of um, one day at a time diary, I created themes that felt like a beautiful flow from a January to a December where you would have achieved something, you would warm up to it. There's a couple of months that would be quite tough, like purification month where you're getting rid of stuff. And then there's an expansion month, which can also be be a difficult month. But I thought, no, I don't want to keep doing that because that's me coming from my mind. So I consulted with an astrologer. So for the 2020 diary... I have astrological themes of what's going to be experienced on a global level astrologically so that I can then support people during those months. So if there's a particularly difficult month with the energies of the astrology, I can have a kindness and compassion to yourself month where you don't push yourself and you just rest. And, you know, I think my, one of my favorite months next year would be September, which is a joy and laughter month because people don't focus on having fun. And laughter is also medicine to say, OK, your job this month is to have fun. Then somebody can say, "Ooh, I even thought of that as a job. And then they actually enjoy doing that. And so it, it, it's a journey or a companion for people who want to do healing. And the most miraculous thing about this diary is each time it's come out, it's sold out completely. They have run out of copies of this diary, so we're still trying to get it right. They don't know how many to print because as many as they've printed, it's gone. (laughs) You know, so it's wonderful. But
1: does that say something then to our society that we are getting more and more receptive to? But basically, what you're teaching from the conversation we had the last fifty minutes or so, um, a lot of your teaching, a lot of your walking the walk, is very much. With you, your family, your your husband, your kids, and your the people you work with, it's very much about becoming a lot more receptive about what's around us, right? You know, a lot of what you're talking yeah. about is just whether it's going to be angels coming to you, or angels, or a nice smell in in nature, or looking at the flowers grow. That's what you're talking about, really, isn't it? It's about open up.
5: Well, it's also it's also about truth. It's about truth and authenticity. It's about integrity and congruence. Those are are big words that are easy to say and difficult to live. And healing is about letting go of everything that isn't you. Healing is about not telling yourself lies anymore. So healing is not pretty and I never make it to be pretty. Healing is tough work. Healing is very tough and can be painful at times. And I always say this and I always write about it and I make it real for people, because I'm not putting myself on a pedestal, there's plenty of spiritual authors out there who don't say these things, and everybody's like, why don't I make any progress, where am I going, what am I doing, it's like, no, because you're here in the world, and it's tough, and it hurts, and what you can do is become your own best friend, then you know you've always got support, you know, so stop telling yourself stories about other people, that guy doesn't like me because I'm unlikable, stop doing that, you know, And so you have to say, okay, that guy might be having a bad day, it's his problem, it's none of your business, come back to you. Why do you think you're unlikable? That's a story that you're telling yourself that's not real. And it's really interesting once people start to become responsible for their own energy, for what they put in the world. That's why I love affirmations, the power in the words. What words are you going around and around in your head with? It's vital that you're not putting more toxins in because you're getting them from everywhere else anyway. That's the joke about spelling, you know, which which isn't spelling because words have power, you know. So what words are you using and to change and shift your words? And since I started working with affirmations and become really aware of things, like when I see an advert for Vodafone that says, be here now, I'm laughing. Because it's saying you're actually... Vodafone is telling you to not be here now by telling you to be here now. And you start to realize, you know, what, what the, the power of words are having. And particularly a social media where you can write something, 15 different people interpret it in 15 different ways. You know, it's not about them. It's about you and being real with you and to see, well, what am I, what am I saying to myself? That's not true. So that gives you a foundation of groundedness and safety to be able to open to all the other stuff. And without that foundation, you just can't do it.
1: Okay. Now, freedom, Farrell Williams.
5: Yes. It's about sovereignty. Everybody's talking about sovereignty and nobody really knows what it means. Um, the sovereign, you know, the king, the queen of England, you know, who's, who's, who's in charge? Nobody gets to be in charge of you. It's about you taking back your power, claiming your space in the world. And I find that 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 the lyrics of that were quite surprising. I didn't expect that song to be what it is, and I was very pleased with it. And it's very underplayed. I don't know if anybody might have even heard this song before because I I haven't heard it out and about much. But I get clients who are so apologetic for their existence that they want to just dissolve away and not be here anymore. It's like, do you see that foot? That's your foot. Claim that foot and say, that's my foot. Nobody else gets to be in that foot. And this is my other foot. And this is my leg. And this is my stomach. And this is my body. And I am here and I'm taking up my space in the world. And I don't care if you like it or not. It's not about you. It's about me. And then it's about being a good person and supporting other people, but not being sorry all the time for being in the way. So, yeah, it's a good strong song to sing in the car to, <laughs> to remind yourself that you're, you're entitled to be here. So,
2: yeah. Uh, hold on to me. Uh, don't let me go. Uh, who cares what they see? Uh, who cares what they know? Uh, it's just first name is free. In where we're from. Red it's every thing. Man, use your power Spirit, use your Freedom.
1: Freedom. So tell me a little bit about it's called untie the knot
6: um it's called untie the knot um how to consciously uncouple in the real world um so five, almost five years ago, um, myself and my husband separated um, and it was obviously a very difficult and emotional time um, and when I was going through the process I was just desperate for other people's stories so I was looking everywhere to, to you know how people got through mm-hmm. that pain and you know was there a light at the end of the tunnel and what do I do and what happens next and you know how do I protect the children. Uh, and all of that, just a lot of unknowns. And whereas there was books written by experts or, you know, picture books written for kids, there was nothing really with a with a personal element of, of emotions. Um, and God, so many emotions that you're going through at the time. Um, so I didn't share any of that on my blog because, again, it was, you know, wasn't just my story to tell. Um, but I did think that you know um, it would be helpful for other people to to, to know it, um, and also as I went along on the journey with uh, my ex, um, and we managed to, to work things out very amicably, I had lots of people getting in touch with me online and through you know Facebook Messenger things like that, just looking for advice, and you know they didn't want to ask. Publicly, or sometimes talking to people in their lives who are close to them, you know, those people would have a swayed judgment. So um, sometimes it was easier to reach out to a stranger. Um, and everyone was like looking for for advice and kind of you know how did how did you do it? Um, so I knew there was something in the idea. Um, so I spoke to Christian, my uh, ex, and said, look, I have this idea. <laughs> I expected it to be like completely like put down, not a chance. Uh, but he was really open to it, um, so uh, I pitched the idea to some publishers of writing a personal story, um, with Christian's input alongside some expert advice um, from the likes of child psychologists and lawyers, um, on each aspect of separating. So from you know the initial days of telling the children mm. to what to do with the family home, to um, money problems, all all that kind of thing. Um, so it's deeply personal, um, mm. and everything is just out there for the world to see. Mm.
1: <laughs> but that's that's it. How long did it take you to to from the moment you really, spoke to Christian? It was really really
6: quick. Um, so from from the time I knew that I was doing it, um, it was like start to finish. I think three months um, to get my first draft out, which was ended up being almost the the full draft. Mm. Um, and it was really cathartic, and I just, I really enjoyed, I suppose, the process of of going through it all. Um, and I think you you gain an understanding from from writing it out um, as to what you felt and how you got through it, and, and what meant something.
1: When you say it, you you discuss it with your ex-husband, Kristen? Uh, yeah. So did he have an input in the writing of it? Or um, was it more the case, okay, look, Chris, I'm going to write about this. Is that okay with you? Uh,
6: yeah, so how we did it was that um, at the end, of, when I I had written a chapter, I sent it to him to review, and then he would write a little excerpt um, from his point of view on, you know, that subject. Okay. Um, and there was very little uh, that he... You know, wanted to change or had a problem with, so there was like one or two points, but um, other than that, it was just a, a collaboration. Yeah.
1: So that's very interesting, because so then the because it's part uh, memoir, part how to guide. Mm. Am I correct? Obviously, yeah. I haven't read it yet, yeah. but, yeah. but it, so it's interesting. It's coming from both sides mm. of well, obviously, it mm. takes two to tango, and the, the separation happened for whatever reason, mm. and that's interesting. It's coming from both sides. That that should be. Um, very interesting
6: yeah and it, i guess it, it makes it authentic because whereas i would have my view on something his view might be totally different but even with those opposing views we've managed to you know do it amicably so
1: well, i'm gonna ask you a little bit more about that but uh, the song you have um what case yeah. the did <laughs> yeah why did you pick that song anyway
6: um so the libertines were one of my favorite bands for a long time um and uh, in the first year, the first summer after breaking up um, with uh, Christian, so very, still very broken myself, I uh, went over to London to see my sister, and we went to see them play in Hyde Park. Um, and the song came on. It was a beautiful, sunny day. We'd had a great time. I was on someone's shoulders, and I just remember my sister looking at me, going, "You know, you're going to be okay. This is this is fine." And it was just one of those moments that you kind of. It was a turning point, I guess. You, you realize how far you've come, and, and there, was, there was a good future ahead.
2: But I have a few questions about your book. Yeah. I haven't
1: forgotten about. It um i read it i really really enjoyed it um genuinely enjoyed it um it was very raw it was, it, unfortunately i know some of the people in the book and when i say yeah. unfortunately it just, it's just it's it was different so i whatever i got out of it is it, probably different from people that yeah. don't live in the community or whatever but but uh, it, the just before the, the the whole thing came out of an article you wrote, right, for the Irish Times. Yeah. It was Roisin Ingalls pretty much, she was pretty much the the person that, that took this on board. And oh, well, yeah, tell me a little so. bit about that, because Roisin is, is, is I don't know her personally, but she's, I've been reading her stuff for years and she's an yeah, amazing well, character.
7: Ro- Ro- Roisin, I, I, I grew up, um, I have her book on the shelf there. I grew up reading, like most of us, reading Roisin's articles every week in, in, the, Irish, the, time, in, the, yeah. in the magazine, you know, and always really admired her. She has that same sort of kind of emotional writing, um, I dare I call it, it, it. It's not necessarily a female way of expressing yourself, but there is something quite feminine about it. You know, um, just that sort mm. of, um. Uh, yeah, navigating emotions and, you know, she she, she would have that in, in, in her writing as well. Um, and Roisin was a friend of Simon's uh, because Simon started the whole thing when when he, um, going through what he did in hospital and, and, and ending up on the ventilator and then fighting to stay on the ventilator. And he, he began writing articles for the Irish Times. And uh, actually himself and Roisin knew each other from years ago because she interviewed him um, for one of his short films and she did a spread in the in the Irish Times magazine on him as a filmmaker and, and Simon was a very charming man and, uh, you know, they, they remained friends for years. Um, yeah, he, he did an interview with her. I think it was only supposed to be a small thing and it ended up being this big, huge spread in the Irish Times and he's just a really charismatic person and... and uh, um, and she she gave him a lot of of time on it, and they always they always got on really well, and and they had that relationship of, you know, he would send her stuff, and then she would she would publish it and stuff, so that that link was there, and um, and then I, I I wrote the the I had been writing in my in my journal, um, for years uh, through Simon's illness, um, just little small bits and pieces here and there, um, talking to myself literally as a form of therapy not for anyone to read it it's completely private and really would be mortified that anyone would read it um, and, and I, um, I cobbled together sort of a, a few of those thoughts into the the original Cove article uh, and um, it was it was for a friend who had been diagnosed with MS actually and just trying to persuade them to come and swim and uh, and uh, then showed it to Simon, and then he he went nuts about it and said, "Oh my God, you gotta, you gotta like you gotta send this to Roisin," and and I didn't really, I was really shy about it, um. But I trusted Roisin's judgment, and I you know I I I had already been writing and sending things out there, uh, fiction stuff, um, and it didn't really have time for anything with with everything that was going on, um. But yeah, Roisin loved it, and and she was very specific about what she wanted to do with it um she said yeah i love it but i'm gonna hold it it was it was kind of what it was around october or something like that and she said no i'm gonna keep it till after christmas and i'm gonna put it out on january um the first monday when everyone goes back to work basically the most miserable day of the year (laughs) um and and i think people are gonna love it um and so that's what she did and 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 the thing went nuts um yeah because it it went
1: nuts and um from there to the book was quite a short period of time
7: it was it, it was phenomenally fast like it's one of those kind of dream scenarios that you hear about you know i'd say that kind of really in shock myself because your sense of to be honest your sense of time when you're living the way we did is warped anyway you know so it, a week could go by and it could feel like a decade you know and and so like really that it, when you're living that intensely um, you you really don't have a sense of days or a sense of, of of months going by you're you're so in the moment that you're just what am i doing today and and you're in it and, and you don't look back um so yeah it came out in january and and very quickly she started getting phone calls from agents and things um so I literally, had literally literally agents, agents. Wow. yeah and um I had been living in this um you know world of babies and things and I had a lot of these agents ring me up and say yes your writing is reminiscent of blah 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 and I'm going I haven't read that I don't I don't how, do, when do you think I read anything I have like all these young children <laughs> to I, I know don't know the price know of nappies I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> um you know not the most well read person um and uh, yeah, so I was in this enviable position of, of being able to choose an agent, you know, which is, is, is unbelievable and, and, and just fantastic as a writer to be able to do that. And, and so I did and um, I, I, I picked this, this lady called Sarah Williams and, um, and she we, we started, we, we put together like a few chapters of, of a potential book. Uh, and that was like so January, February by March we had that done and by March we put that out there and, and then within like 24 hours I had a book deal wow. Um. So it was, and then they, they said well we want it by December or whatever and I remember it was like 9 months to, to the end I said okay mm. I have to write it by the end of the year so that's how fast it was, that was wow. 2016 and the book came out then in 2017 but
1: the, this summer as I say when I read it um, the reason I really enjoyed it Apart from the story, which is obviously very, very interesting, very powerful story, but what I really enjoyed was there was there was nothing like I read before, and I read a lot. I, I read all the time. There was, I don't know, it, it, and I'm not, I'm not a critic. I don't know I just explain it, but there was no structure that I, that I know that I've seen before.
7: <laughs> Some people don't like that about it, which is fair enough, because it, it is, it's, it's not done chronologically. It's actually done, as I say. Um, it's such a girly thing to say but it's like the, the chapters feelings. are written written kind of around feelings and exactly, themes yeah. themes of feelings and so no, but
1: you I, get that from the book yeah. you get that from it, which yeah. i really enjoyed it but what i'm curious about and i don't know if you have the answer but from the article which i didn't read the article i don't know uh, I'm, I'm just curious what captured all these literary agents and uh, publishing eyes imagination what was it and um, was it <laughs> Do you know, or was it because it was a complete different? Was it because of the story, or
7: I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like at the time, I, I, I sort of, I was. It's it sort of, I, I think, yeah. I, 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 you'd have to ask them. Okay. <laughs> I don't know.
1: no, no, just so curious. It's, it's
7: it. a strange one. Yeah, it's a strange one because
1: um, uh, I mean, at the same time, you have, um, I mean, Simon done the the, the book and the movie. Uh, it's yeah. not dark yet, so I'm, I'm just curious. It was obviously the other bookend to the same story from. Yeah, um, I mean,
7: I think it's like you put you, you 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 put two people, two creative people, in a shitty situation, and they're going to make sense of it artistically, you know. Mm. Um, and so that's what Simon was doing, and and then it it naturally fell to me. It wasn't like we sat down and went, no, okay, no. Well, well, let's <laughs> let's make a business out of this." Um, it was it was a natural thing that happened because of who we were. Um, which, you know, that's. The, the, it, it's a kind of it's an interesting question because there is this sort of parallel with the book and with everything that happened like um i'm in the position now where there's sort of a public sense of simon and 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 our my story you know the documentary came out um and it's out there publicly as a story um and that's a strange it's a strange sort of balance to to, to keep um, because I don't see the writing in that way for me the writing is is about it's it's the very core raw of me you know I mean there are d- the details of the story are you know channeling feelings and, and working things out But it's it's a very kind of existential sort of um, uh, figuring things out in your own head or making sense of your situation which I think is like I mean for me that's like kind of the point of, of any of my writing anyway or, or or what the hell are we doing here kind of thing mm-hmm. um, uh, um, and so whether it was just popular because of the circumstances maybe as well I don't know and and and, and it is a strange I mean it's even strange now and Simon has gone to, to to I was at a I was at a book reading and um, both our books were there side by side And I just thought it just hit me in that way, because when you're in it, you don't really think of it like that. I just thought, oh, God, there's our we both wrote a book about the same situation and they're both. It's very strange. Um, Mm. It's sort of a a unique kind of unusual thing that 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 happened. Um, But I kind of struggle with that now, sort of the public sense of the story and my own sense of it. And for the kids as well, Mm. um, to make sense of it for them, um, you know, but the writing is as i say hopefully universal in that it's it's not you you can transfer the actual situation to many different situations it's about feelings and about um making sense of our um our, of our of our of ourselves as humans really yeah. for me anyway
1: but is the book being um going to be made into a movie is that correct
7: yeah again weirdness <laughs> no no because it, yeah a whole new level of and weirdness and it's
1: fantastic in and well done, it's great, and not that I'm not interested in that, because I'm interested, but you'll be doing a lot of those interviews, and somebody else can talk about that, but I'm interested in, is you and your family now, like, there's a movie out out there about you guys already, you know, it's it's very, it's very powerful, I watched it the other night, I hadn't seen it before, it's it's extremely powerful, it's a fantastic story, the way, you know, Simon wrote it, and it just, made. your kids are growing up. You're. You know, what's What's that going to be like for like? You're obviously thinking about this. You've thought about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it I mean, be like? the
7: documentary particularly is lovely because um, it was it was made. The director is a family friend of ours, and they, um, any time I like, it is weird to have to ca- have Colin Farrell, you know, narrate Simon's words, um, but. I, like the first time we saw it, I remember we went into um into the editing suite and they were really nervous to show us and myself and Simon sat sat through it. Were the kids with you? No, no, no just no. the two of us. The kids haven't seen it yet. That's what I was gonna um, ask you. Yeah, um, and the two of us just kind of like did that really you know kind of ugly crying where you're, <laughs> it's from the depths of you you know mm-hmm. like you're weeping, and making weird noises you didn't know you could make, and that's for me. I remember I just threw my arms around Frankie Fenton, the director, and just was thanking him because. I felt especially when you're when you're when you're living in the moment in these things um, it was like he had he had just gathered up in a big ball and squished it all together our entire life and all the old footage of the kids and and all of that and made it into a narrative like a structure and I I, I still get emotional thinking about it I'm, I'm so and I don't use that word lightly and I'm so grateful but I am so grateful it exists for the kids for whenever they want to access that that they will have this um representation of or, or have, have this access to their dad and his voice and and memories that they probably don't remember and footage of them mm. with him as kids you know so that is a good and uh, and,
1: they, and they, so you leave it up to them to like your son is 13 yeah, so he hasn't seen it yet does um, he, when he asks I will you, ask, okay. you know
7: they're still very much in the um, it's different for them I, I, I did try and instill in them a sense of that Simon wouldn't be might not be with us forever and um, it was very difficult because Simon obviously was living very much in the his 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 mode of survival was to live and and that's why he did so many amazing things and um, the other side of that is that there isn't much preparation done for when if you won't if you don't live um, and I mean that's okay that was his you know that I've respected that that was the way he needed to do it um, and and it was a beautiful and powerful in its own way um the kind of the fallout of that was um i i I would have said to the kids that if they asked me is is dad gonna die you know i would say yeah he might but he's not gonna die right now but if that ever changes i will let you know um uh then there's nothing prepares kids for that i think they just sort of had presumed that he was going to exist forever in the state he was in um you know uh, even towards the end when he was so incapacitated you know he was just still here and, and it's that thing kids just like to, I think they just kind of like to sort of semi-ignore us half the time, as long as they know you're kind of there in the background sometime it's fine. Um, but then he wasn't there anymore mm-hmm. um, and so there, it's been, whereas me as an adult, I would have prepared more and grieved the loss of things on an ongoing basis um, up until the point where he died for the kids. It's just been smack, he's gone um, and they had never really dealt with it up until the point where he wasn't there anymore so it's no. not even a year yet so it's still very so i, I certainly wouldn't be pushing for them to watch the documentary no. but when they do ask um yeah it'll we're gonna we will sit down and, and 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 it'll be there and i think it will be wonderful it will be that part of it yeah Amen.
1: the very last question then I'll let you go um okay you are obviously working on the on the movie the script at the moment uh, that's all taking are you working on any other projects writing
7: uh i'm just finishing i just finished the first draft of the script um and i just have to do a couple of changes for that and it's going to go to the film board and then i want to get back to i've really enjoyed it as a process it's been weird because you have to talk about yourself in the third person and it's kind of it's strange (laughs) it's a totally different different kind of um medium uh and it's a a weird time to be doing it as well in in the process of, of of simon not being here anymore uh but it's done and and i also had to kind of do it over the summer which the kids were on holidays and Mm -hmm. um it was that talk you know that creative discipline of oh god there's no space in the day to write (laughs) so i used i get up at six in the morning and work for a two-hour block of six till eight a.m um while the kids you know kind of were various stages of getting up and watching television and stuff and um and that's how i did it over the summer um so yeah coming back now into school time um I want to get writing again, and it's that sense of what will I write next. And I think, like you were saying about the book, um, uh, being so raw and personal, um, people keep asking me, oh, are you going to write another, you know, book about yourself? And I, I think that. Part of me thinks that, that it doesn't exist anymore. It's like the the, the door song um, vibe. There's a sense, I, ha- I have a sense now of what other people think of what I'm writing. So I could never be in that same space again. And it wouldn't be as pure because you can't write a book like that if you're thinking about what other people think. Um, it has to be just, sure. for me anyway, it has to be just a conversation I'm having with myself. Um, <clears> and but so also
1: mentioning, <clears throat> talking about when you were saying you were writing, your writing style as a kid was uh, a Stephen King, whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I'm sure yeah, now that now that you have the the now that you are a writer because you're a published writer, so now you have the the license to do. To actually sit down and work out something, so maybe yeah. is there a novel in you? Or is there... Yeah,
7: I, I'm going to give fiction a go, right. and it's sort of it's, it's hilarious because with fiction you just go, oh, I can say what I want about <laughs> anybody, um, and and just pick like a whole load of things about loads of different people and put them into one character. Oh wow, you know it's like the possibilities are endless. It's almost like vertigo. with The you know that I'm like dizzy with the the anticipation of it. So yeah, I'll give it a go. And, um, I, and my agent is amazing. She's like, look Ruth, I'll, if it's crap, I'll tell. It's crap so you know just give it a go
1: well, looking <laughs> forward to that I always ask everybody to leave us with a couple of words of wisdom before the last song give some words of wisdom anything at all oh wow a words
7: of wisdom as I say I'm not I'm not really good with 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 the wisdom um giving advice um just for me it's all about love you know just just uh yeah just don't be afraid to 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 love you know as, as 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 love as much as you can really god i sound like such a hippie that
2: sounds but it good is to me. It's,
7: it's 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 always been about love for me and um and 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 adaptability um and uh and that's it
2: yeah
1: sounds good to me so we're gonna leave it with uh, in your eyes peter gabriel oh fabulous song
7: lovely gravelly voice <laughs> I am a cheese bowl underneath it all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, Ruth Good Morris, thanks for your time. Thank you. Much appreciated.